This is the Sheep Guarding Llama podcast for Friday, November 4th. This is episode 16. I am Scott Allen Miller, and I will be your host. And our special guest co-host today is... Dominica Miller. And this is our fifth day in Walt Disney World here in sunny Florida. And uh, we have all kinds of exciting Disney news to bring to our podcast listeners. Uh, But before we do that, we have a very special announcement that Dominica would like to make. We would just like to say happy 30th 3-0 birthday to Francesca Grice, my big sister. Happy birthday, Francesca. Yes, happy birthday. And uh, a quick reminder that Francesca is older than me as well. Yes, she's 30. 30. Everyone else we know is still in their 20s. Uh, But coming up close on Francesca's tail, I should mention, is Danielle. That's true. The two of them are far and away older than all the rest of us. Yes, Danielle is almost 30. Yep, she'll, she'll be next. So. Yes. Um, I'm going to get hurt for that, I think. I think um, so. Okay, uh, quick notes. We are still having problems with our internet access here in the hotel. Uh, it seems to be a little bit better today. Last night was pretty bad. We talked to the hotel. They are having uh, hotel-wide issues, and uh, they're trying to deal with it with the internet company, but they can't, so we're doing what we can. Uh, that's been going on and on. Uh, we got kind and of on. a and on and on, yeah. yeah. Uh, we got kind of a late start this morning. Uh, we got out to catch the morning shuttle, and uh, we're they're batting about 500 now. <laughs> they <laughs> uh, they forgot us. Uh, we've been picked up. This is the fourth day we were being picked up to go into the park, and it was the second time that they forgot to pick us up. So they're two out of four that they've gotten us, and two out of four they've forgotten us. Is that what batting 500 means? That would oh. be, yes. A 1,000 is 100%. It's everything multiplied times 10. Why? It's not a useful statistic in any way. They should just use oh. percentages. Okay. I don't know why they do it. They do it specifically to sound more technical than it really is. Okay. I did not know that. Thank yeah. you for clarifying that. Yep. To all of our listeners, now you know more about baseball. Um, and as much as I know about baseball. That was about it. Uh, <laughs> my total knowledge right there in that statistic. Uh, so our shuttle missed us at 10.10. We ended up waiting till almost 10.50 yeah. uh, to get a ride. Uh, but the upside to that was uh, there was a very nice uh, older couple, uh, Dale and Patty, who were going to have to drive into the park and were walking out the door of the uh, hotel and just happened to walk out as the shuttle was about to go. So they ended up getting a ride that they wouldn't have gotten otherwise. So that was nice. Yeah, that and, was good for and them. We, and we got a nice chance to chat with them on the ride and we had a good time so that was nice they were nice um, people but uh it was tough for us because we got a very late start on the day we had originally been hoping to be in uh mgm studios for the nine o'clock opening and we ended up getting there just a little bit before noon yeah so we we really missed our opportunity at at doing the park uh the way we had wanted to but uh it's a small park so we we were still able to squeeze it in yeah and part of that was that i didn't want to get up at seven o'clock well, I thought about it and yeah. said no. Yeah, we discussed it at 7 o'clock and yeah. gave up on the idea. I said, get up now and or sleep for two more hours. Yeah. And sleep sounded good to me. Yeah, I think that was the right choice. I think so. Uh, so we started off, we went to the Tower of Terror, the Twilight Zone, Tower of Terror 4. I have no idea what the 4 is for, but they've added it to all the signs. Yeah, we assume it just means that it's the 4th edition. Like yeah. they've revamped it four times I can or only imagine. Which, yeah. it's been long enough that... Maybe every two years, if, if something like that. I don't know. Who knows? But um, uh, it's basically the same ride that I remember from Tower Terror version 1.0, if, if you uh. will. Uh, the only thing that seems to have changed is they have one more up and down, 
I think, on the elevator, and they've increased the force of the downward so that it actually pulls you completely out of the seat now. Uh, it used to be that you pretty much uh, free fell. It was more than free falling, but barely, and now it's quite forceful, and you really feel the urge to, to cling on to things, to keep from flying out of the seat. <laughs> yes, and um, I screamed. Oh, I don't did know you? if you heard I, me. I did not I hear was, wah, wah. Yeah, I screamed. Oh, yeah. I had my eyes closed, but I, I was not screaming. I was, um, I did not have my eyes closed, oh. but um, I screamed because it, it's, it was a little terrifying, it, the Tower of Terror. It yes, is. I was a little scared. It's definitely scary because of the unbelievable force at which it throws yeah. you downwards. And so <laughs> the ride picture afterwards is Scott and I <laughs> clinging to each other and everybody else in the car had their arms up in yeah, the air. We so were we the, made their vacation pictures that much funnier. Right, we were the only people without our arms up, I'm yes. pretty sure. Yep, yeah, I think so. And the, the car was all full but like one seat. Yep. But um, <laughs> clinging with a look of terror on my face, yes. I think. <laughs> yeah. The uh, the downside to the Tower of Terror ride, and this was our this is our huge blow for the day, was uh, my cell phone was in my uh, I get I don't know what you call this my side pocket. It's a I'm, I was wearing yeah, shorts with cargo a, shorts a cargo shorts with a, yeah. with a lower pocket, and uh, I've been keeping my cell phone in that lower pocket for the past. Whenever I wear pants like this, I've been putting it there for the past year, year and a half. It's where I always carry my cell phone, and. Um, on the Tower of Terror, which I've ridden at least three times before, you never come out of your seat, and so things you put in places stay there. Well, um, now that they've changed the force, it actually lifts you out of the seat, so it gives uh, items you're carrying an opportunity to move around, and the cell phone worked its way uh, into a different part of my pocket, apparently, and when the uh, elevator turned around to go back up, which obviously must generate about two G's or more of, of force. So we're talking a significant amount of effectual weight landing on the cell phone. It uh, it smashed the cell phone. Um, the well, the front screen of it was completely destroyed. Uh, the, the the glass that covers the the front. So the cell phone is still working at the moment. Uh, it's creaking and it's exposed to the elements. I don't know how long it can last like this. So uh, that's obviously a big huge problem now that we have to deal with on our vacation yeah, if it gets wet that's going to be a problem it'll be the end of it yeah there's yeah. it used to be able to take quite a bit of water and now it can't take any yeah. you know it can't even take moisture now mists and stuff will be a problem so that was that was crappy yeah so that yeah. was definitely the most expensive single ride we've ever done yeah but um and it wasn't even an enjoyable ride for me i i found it I thought it was fun. I like the uh, the quality of the the, the walk into the ride. Yeah, the, waiting the hotel area. is very well. Like yes. they really make it like an old creepy hotel. Yeah, just a lot of detail. But the moment you go into the basement, into the the cellar of the, I find that it was just cheap. I yeah, thought. That's and the true. ride itself, I think, what I felt was terrible. No, I I thought it was fine. They do a little like story with it and stuff i don't know not I guess enough I missed story, the story. <laughs> well the people with the lightning thing mm, but um okay. it it just occurred to me that the reason that i got i did get a little woozy on this ride mm -hmm. just in you know anybody who's prone to motion sickness and it wasn't the going down it was the going up and it's because um Oh, actually, maybe it was the going down and then the going back up made it worse. I don't know, but the the seatbelt was pressing on my stomach. Yeah, very hard. The way hard, I had the seatbelt, yeah. it was really pressing on my stomach, and I remember wanting to move it so that it was more on my lap because it was it was like too high on my stomach the way that I had it. 
So if you ride this ride, put the seatbelt, make sure it's across your thighs and not on your stomach because I think that's what made me a little nauseous because I was a little bit shaky when we got off of it. I was quite a bit shaky, <coughs> uh, but I'm very prone to vertigo. And I think I did get just the, the very, very slightest touch of the beginnings of vertigo. Uh, and I'm pretty sure I did because I still feel it now. Oh, okay. Like, and this is, we're about 11 hours after having done the ride, and I can still feel this kind of floaty feeling like I'm not quite attached to the ground, hmm. which is, uh, it's not going to get any worse than this, I know that, but this is definitely the kind of feeling you get when, when vertigo is coming on. Yeah, so, I just got a little woozy. Thinking about it? Oh, no, oh no. you mean then? I mean okay, then. okay. I got woozy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, I got dizzy, really, because yeah. I was kind of, I stumbled a little bit when we got off the ride, I think. Yeah, I, w I was definitely stumbling. So I can understand why my cousin Stephanie said, no, I'm not going on that. Yeah. Even though they've been to Disney World like 20 times. Yeah. I, I just didn't find the ride enjoyable. I didn't find it originally enjoyable, and I don't find it enjoyable now. I think that there's uh, just not enough put into it to make it a real Disney ride. It's It needs just a little a more stuff before the drops. Yeah. That is true. But... um. I, it was still, I, I would stay, I would say it still had a worth it because it was fun rating from me. Okay. Yeah. I, I, w I don't think I would do it again, though, because of the, um, it was scary. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think I would do it again. Yeah. You know you're not going to die, obviously. You're on right. a ride at Disney World, but it, I, there was something about the, it was dark and you didn't know when it was going to drop you and then it threw you back up in the air. Yeah, it was scary. Yeah. Uh, I personally rate it at the I would have rather sat outside and waited for you uh, <laughs> rating. It was sitting on a bench is more enjoyable to me than riding the ride. Uh, so, huh. so you can get okay. the you can get our votes there. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, after that, we went and did the Great Movie Ride, and the Great Movie Ride is the attraction in Disney MGM Studios. It's the uh, only what I call Disney ride in the entire uh, park. That is true. Uh, it's the only thing that has the touch of the, the whole Disney artistry and quality and attention to detail. Mm -hmm. um, and it's it's a great ride. It really is. Yeah, it is. And it's a really good mix. I like, I don't, I, I'm glad they don't do this for every ride, but I like that they do a really good mix of the uh, automated uh, uh, cars that just kind of drive through the, the, the scenery and the audio animatronics, but then they mix in the live actors and I think they do a pretty good job with that. And I think it's good enough that little kids find it really involved, that they kind of feel like they're actually in the movies right. a little bit. I think that happens. Yeah. It's immersive for, for smaller children. Yeah. And it's funny for adults. Yeah. It's cute. Yeah. So I think that I think that's a... The live part is cute. Yeah. It's a... You know, if it was in Magic Kingdom, it would still be a really good ride. You know, the other thing that it did is um, it made that part with aliens less scary for little kids. That's true. Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. I think that part's not actually too scary because if you don't look up, you don't even realize it's happening. That's true. So that part and can kind of be avoided. You don't even see the surprise one unless you're in the back of the train either. Right. You don't even see it. Right. So if you if you knew you had small children, you could sit towards the front and avoid the actual scary bit. Mm -hmm. So, that yeah, that's that's true. But if you're going to go to MGM, the Great Movie Ride is, a, is an absolute must-do. Um, mm -hmm. Now, we should mention that... Uh, it was unfortunate for us because it made the park much more busy than it would have been. Uh, the big Aerosmith Rock and Roller Coaster, which is the huge new thrill attraction at right. MGM Studios, was closed uh, due to maintenance. Probably regular maintenance, probably nothing bad, but it was I closed today. I thought it today. said it was being refurbished. No. 
No, they said, I overheard the guy say it might be open tomorrow. Oh, okay. It was just, they had a mechanical failure and they oh. had to shut it down for safety reasons. Okay. Um, and so that, a lot of people were in the park to do that ride, and right. all those people were then spread out over the other rides. Which and MGM has so few attractions compared to the other parks that that is a significant number of people on every single ride that they weren't accounting for. It's true. You're so, right. yep. so that was unfortunate for us that we had to deal with all those extra people. And I was still considering going on Rock and Roller Coaster. Uh, Scott was not because that it goes upside down, and that yeah. is specifically what gives him vertigo yeah any kind but, of spinning um, whether it's uh z or y axis i just i yeah. lose it but uh after going on the tower of terror i came off it and went i'm not going on rock and roller coaster and then we looked over because it's just to the right of the ride when you get off a of tower of terror and we saw it was closed and i was like oh well there you go i know i don't have to worry about it yeah. because um we heard it was fun from art and danielle they said it was, it was yeah a good they enjoyed time. it yep um, and i really like aerosmith yeah so. everything i've heard is that it's a really good roller coaster for roller coaster fans right um and i do like roller coasters but i only typically like the old rickety wooden style mm -hmm. uh, for those who know the predator at darien lake that is a style that i like and i also like Funny enough, which this is really strange considering who I am and all the other things that I like and don't like. I like the in-the-dark roller coasters like uh, what Darien Lake had was, used to be called the Nightmare, I think, and mm -hmm. Space Mountain at, uh, at Disney, where it's not a long chain, but it's like, it's like individual small cars that go really fast over a really small track. Um, and those are metal, but for some reason those... Don't bother me at all. There's one like that. At either, it's either Busch Gardens or Six Flags over Texas. Either Bush Gardens of Virginia it's or Six pretty... Flags. There's like it's like a Mayan temple or something. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and it, it reminded me of Space Mountain when I went it's on a, it. It's actually a very inexpensive style of roller coaster to do mm -hmm. because the roller coaster itself is very inexpensive, and then you just put any building around it you want. Right. And uh, and, and you can run it in uh, in the rain and stuff. Right. Yep. Uh, and all seasons, you can run it in cold right. and everything if, if you happen. So, yeah, they're, they're they're pretty popular because of that. Right. Um, Actually, Rock and Roller Coaster's inside, right? I, I don't know, but I, I believe so. I think it's inside, so. yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. But Disney's it goes upside down. To, yeah, yeah, unfortunately. So. Which, so. you know, I feel like I am too old for roller coasters. Now my body can't take it. <laughs> Seriously. Isn't yeah. that sad? That That is sad. I am 27, however. Yeah. But my sister is 30. I just wanted to... Repeat that, you know, I just want to make sure you understand that Francesca's 30 and I'm not. Um, after the great movie ride, uh, we went on, we got lunch at the ABC Commissary. Yep. Which is fine, nothing special. Nah. And uh, then we moved on to the, this is pretty new, uh, and this replaced uh, a similar attraction that uh, MGM had a number of years ago, and so I'm not sure when this oh, came in. Oh, was that the one where they did, um, this is how we do the sound effects, yeah, and they did like the shoes and stuff? And yes, it was the Foley oh, sound effects That uh, was good. Attraction. It was good. That was really interesting. I still think about that mm -hmm. sometimes. That's so I'm where... like, oh, I know how they do that. They're crushing celery with a bat or right. something. Yeah. <laughs> many, many Americans uh, know Foley artwork from that attraction. Yes, and that was replaced hmm. with uh, Drew Carey in Sounds Dangerous. And uh, the Ralstons warned us about this attraction ahead of time, um, but I think it was even worse than what they warned us it was going to be. Uh, yeah. there, was, there was no waiting line whatsoever for this. We were able to go straight in, but uh, let me tell you, if you're going to Disney World, absolutely avoid this ride. This ride, or this attraction, this attraction is horrible. Uh, what it is is you sit in a really, really cheap theater that the seats are definitely taken from uh, an old high school. They're just 
high school auditorium seats. They, they feel terrible. They're junky. They're beat up. Half of them are, are stuck. Um, and then you just put on the cheapest pair of headphones you've ever seen. It was like, they're like $3 plain Sony headphones. Uh, the kind, just the big plastic disc with the foam over it. And, uh, Half the ones I saw didn't even have the foam, so it was bare, hard plastic against your ears. And then they show you a movie for, like, one minute, and then turn off the movie and just play sound effects as if you were watching a movie for 12 minutes. And that's bad enough that it's just a theater where you listen to a CD, because that's all it is. They could take this entire attraction, put it on a CD, and let you take it home, and you could listen to it, or give you an MP3 to download, just like this podcast, and you could listen to it at home on your MP3 player, on your computer, on your CD player, whatever, For and they could distribute it for like one penny, and you could listen to it on a higher quality player with a, a much higher quality set of headphones, because I don't know anyone who doesn't own better headphones than this, and you would have had a better experience that you could do anytime if that was actually something you wanted to waste your time doing. And you would never do this at home because listening to this podcast is dramatically more exciting than listening to that thing. Yeah. Because that I was I almost boring. fell asleep. Yeah. My eyes closed and, and my head started to nod and I was having a hard time staying awake. Yeah. And the ride is so boring that they don't even bother to check or deal in any way with people who get headphones that don't work. Because what they do is they tell you to put on the headphones, and then from that point on, all instructions are in the headphones. I didn't even know that the ride, that the attraction had started because I had headphones that didn't do anything. And I thought people were talking, but then after a while, nothing had happened. So I, I asked, and Dominica said that, no, she was hearing things in her headphones. So I just started looking for another set of headphones as they were turning off the lights because... They, they weren't dealing with the fact that some of the headphones weren't working. And if there had been any number of people in there, there would have been no way to get it working at they all. They did say, I'm about to do the sound test. If you don't hear anything, then you need another set of headphones. Oh, did they? Mm -hmm. I didn't hear that, probably because I already had the headphones on. Yeah, although I don't know how you couldn't have heard that over the headphones. Because it's, like it's not like they're earplugs. Yeah. They just muffled. Well, part of the, I, you well, have a hard time with that, though. Yeah, I can't hear... Yeah, I couldn't understand them very well, what they were saying. Yeah. I did catch the thing about the right and left. But the, then they do the sound check, but you don't know when exactly they do the sound check. So by the time they did the sound check, I did re figure out that I thought I should be hearing something. Switched. But then it's the sound check that tells you whether you have them on the right way or not. So anybody who has bad headphones doesn't have a way to know whether they have their right or left correct. And I had to do it by just looking at someone else's headphones and hoping that I'd gotten it the same way with... And all the headphones were different, so it was only a guess. So this ride was... It was a pathetic attraction, and Disney was taking no steps whatsoever to make it even function. And we spent way too much time on it because it was crappy. It was don't terrible. Do it. Just don't, don't do it. It's definitely a mark of Disney just not caring. It was sad. Uh, then probably we Michael on. Eisner's fault. Because he's evil. Then we moved on to Muppets 3D, uh, which I've seen many times. And uh, I would put this as uh, it's the third uh, best, which also equates to second worst, uh, 3D movie in the park. And basically, I, th I think it comes down to uh, PhilharMagic and it, uh, It's Tough to Be a Bug are good 3D movies that are entertaining and fun and good attractions. And Honey, I Shrunk the Audience and... Muppets 3D are bad 3D movies that are unenjoyable and 
and not very good. I with, agree with, with you. I think The Muppets is much better than Honey, I Shrink the Audience, but I don't think that it's worth sitting through. See, is how I, I, think I don't agree it. with you. I think that... Um, I liked Muppets 3D, and it's tough to be a bug about the same. Really? Yeah, I think that they're pretty much equal. I found that it's tough to be a bug that I felt it was 3D, and in Muppets 3D, almost the entire time I had no 3D effect at all. I, it was so poorly done that I felt like I was watching a 2D movie. Well, okay, that is, that's true. 3D, it, it was... Um, it's a much older 3D movie yes. than even Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. Oh, yes. Although I feel like it's much, it's definitely much more timeless because it's the Muppets. Right. At least, at least it's somewhat thing, entertaining. Like, it's, it's the Muppets, and I find it entertaining. Right. 3D technology-wise, okay, yes, I agree with you. 3D technology-wise, it is not in the same category as It's Tough to Be a Bug. And um, Yeah. Well, I just find it, I guess the thing is I find it to be, not as entertaining as an average 15-minute segment of The Muppets. Oh, no, I, I, it, it's perfectly entertaining to me. Okay. And I like how they have the, what is the name of that monster with the really big mouth? Uh, it's like Smiley or Friendly. Friendly? I think it's Friendly. Okay, well, I, I like that they have somebody dress up like him and yes. come in the front of the theater. They do do a very good job with yeah. interacting with the theater itself. Uh, but you also had, the show worked for you that you got sprayed with water, and the water where I was was broken and didn't do anything. Oh. So there was a whole piece that didn't happen for me. Yeah. So. Well, I don't know. I would still, when my family went to Disney World the first time, I think we saw it at least three times then. And um, I, I still enjoyed it. it. It's nostalgic for me. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this. And yeah. I, I, I really enjoyed it. Well, I saw it in 92. I would say definitely do it. If you're, if you're at MGM, then do it. If you're skipping MGM and you don't get to see it, then that's okay because Mickey's PhilharMagic is... The, if you're only going to see one 3D movie, see Mickey's Magic. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, after the Muppets, uh, we did the Backlot Tour, which uh, we got in line and it said 20 minutes uh, to get in line. And most things in Disney, when they say 20 minutes, are actually like 5 to 10 minutes. Right. And this one was uh, much closer to an hour. Yeah, it was. It was incredibly long. They had some kind of technical difficulty so that the first part of the show they didn't get to do the way they normally do. Which you would think would have sped up the line, not slowed it down, because they, they tried, were... But they tried to fix it. They were trying it. to fix it, yeah, right. They tried to fix it, so we had to wait much longer. We had to wait a really long time. Yeah, we did. And I, the thing that made me upset about the way that they handled it was they were telling people continuously that it was a 20-minute wait, and it was obvious that the people in front of us had been there more than 20 minutes, and we had waited more than 20 minutes. So they were probably they were probably there about 20 minutes before us. So they were up to 40 minutes, and we were 20 minutes, and the line was three or four times as long as where we were. Those people were looking at hours of wait, and were still being told 20 minutes, and no well, announcements were being. Well, we don't know being, what they were being told. We heard, I heard people back front. behind us talking about how they were oh. all being told 20 minutes. All right. Yep. And the sign uh, changes. They do change the sign. And we can't, you can't see it once you're on the ride. Right, I understand that. Okay. Yeah, and, but then they made no announcements to us whatsoever that even though we were, had been in line for 40 minutes instead of 20 that anything was happening or what was, you know, I think they should have been updating us as we were, had been waiting all that time instead of playing the same video over and over again and acting like they were helping us kill time by showing a new video that we'd already seen. Yeah. So I think that was done very poorly. And then when we actually got to go on the ride, the first section they didn't get to do, at least not the way they normally do. They had to cut it down. Um, and then overall, uh, we both decided that the ride wasn't very good. No. And we both liked it when they first did it. 
and uh, the the studio has been cut uh, dramatically. It's it's only barely, only minimally a working studio anymore. So the back lot is only barely a back lot, and it really, for the most part, it isn't. They store a couple props for the park, and that's right. all. So the it's costume, no longer. It, it is the main costume shop for the park. It is, yes. But basically, what's happened is this used to be a working studio. Uh, this was the Disney, MGM, Touchstone, Hollywood, uh, uh, Miramax Studio. It was, it was Studio East, and a whole bunch of stuff came out of here. And that was an actual backlot tour of the actual studio backlot. And now it's a ride about a backlot, but there's no longer a backlot. So the stuff they're showing you is props for a ride, no longer a tour. And they act like they're they're giving you a tour of a back lot, but they're not really. So it's right. a really cheesy thing now, and it's really short. Yeah, they cut out a huge part of it and replaced it with the new Stunt Spectacular out of, where is that, out of Tokyo? Uh, Paris. Paris, out of Paris, yep. as part of the happiest celebration on earth. And um, it's where the neighborhoods used to be. And when I was on the, I was just on the phone with my sister, and I was telling her about the the tour, and she's like, "Oh yeah, I remember that. It's one with the neighborhoods and stuff, right?" I'm like, "It used to be, but yeah. not anymore." It yeah, because cool. they used to go by and say, "There's the front yard of the Golden Girls, right?" And here's the plane from Casablanca, yeah, and stuff like that. It was and cool. now, yeah. And um, did you notice how a lot of those props are falling apart? Oh yeah, they've been they've been in the elements so long. Like uh, the spaceship from Flight of the Navigator, yep. all of the shiny stuff is coming off of it, and it's rusting horribly. It's open. Yeah. It's gaping open now from the the amount of rust. Yeah, so that's it's very sad unfortunate. to see that. Yeah. yeah. They, I know they have others. Yeah, and obviously they're never going to use that again. Right. You know, they're not making Flight of the Navigator two, and if they do, they're not using the original props. That is true. So it but I love is that just movie, a, so I feel like it's sad. Yeah. Well, it's sad because someone would pay a lot of money for that prop and keep it in their yard and be very happy. Uh, and now it's just a big rusting, uh, you know, and, and they're only using it because it's a better prop than the thing next to it was motorcycles from one of their stunt shows in the park. Yeah, that's and they're, true. And they're using that as one of their attractions in a movie backlot tour. They do have Demolition Derby Herbie. Yeah, they did, but those were just on display because of, they brought them out specifically because that movie was just out. Oh. They were everywhere, and it's they're just on loan from the real backlot. Is That's oh, what's going on. Okay. And so, yeah. So it's, you know, it used to be a really great tour, and that one, they've cut it down so much that it's, like, not worth your time anymore. And no. that wait was certainly not worth right. the ride. I don't feel that it was worth sitting through and and we had a 50 minute wait on top of a ride that i felt became not worth sitting through right so it's, but i was i was not expecting it to be that much different than it was no neither was a few I. years ago because it was a really really good ride a few years ago yeah it was a really good ride yeah. in uh, 98 99 when i went last yeah. uh, it was still good then and it and they had they used uh parts of it that were gone for the christmas display and uh so it's just very, very sad, I think, that that is good. Because the neighborhoods used to be where the Christmas stuff was. Right. Well, that's always... You could still walk on Main Street in New York, though, back when we were there. Yes. But, like, all like back where, like, the Golden Girl stuff was, all that was Christmas that you could go walk back into and, oh. and see. It was really, really neat. There was a huge area that I they... Guess, I guess we didn't do that. Which is interesting, because it seems like they have enough land that they didn't have to replace the neighborhoods part with the yeah. stunt show. It seems I, like they could have put it somewhere else. Yeah, it seems that way. 
I think a lot of it is it's a lot cheaper to do it there. And now yeah. that it's not a working studio, there was no longer income coming from that stuff. True. And I really feel across the board, Disney is dumbing down the parks. They are taking it from being, a, a you know, in this case, a working studio. In Epcot's case, uh, a working educational uh, you know, it, every ride is there to educate you, and they're making it into thrill rides and a character meet and greets for the children, and they're just making it a lower class resort because they feel that's where the money is. Because of Universal. Maybe because of Universal, or maybe just Universal because... Universal Studios still, isn't that still a working studio? That is, I'm not sure. Hmm. Uh, I believe it is, though. Because Nickelodeon is filmed there. A lot of Nickelodeon yeah. stuff is actually filmed there. There is a few things like television shows that are still filmed in uh, uh, Disney MGM, I believe. Oh. But as you told me, the, the animation studio, Disney East, was taken out. And so that was the biggest piece, was the working right. animation studio that made 50% of all of the Disney uh, feature films is now gone. Yep, now so it's in it, California, I yeah. believe. Well, California, and there's the one in Canada. Yeah, there used to be Disney East in Florida, Disney West in California, Disney Canada, and Ghibli. And now, as far as I know, there's only West Canada and Ghibli. Yeah. Um, so that's, yeah, it used to it used to go back and forth. Every other year would come out of Florida or California. Uh, so, yeah, so the, they've just, just taken all the relevance out of that park. You know, they're in a completely different market than Universal Studios and Islands of Adventure. So I don't understand why they would want to, like, I know some people do go off and do Universal Studios. That's what Lots it is. Lots of people do. A lot of people do that. But people aren't going to stop doing that just because there's a couple more thrill rides at Disney World. Right. Well, I, well, the thing that I think is happening is not that they're trying to stop Universal from getting their market. I feel that they're trying to go to, to higher margin rides. They're going. They're taking away the things that are expensive to design, oh, expensive to maintain. Yeah, you're right. And they're becoming... Because those gorgeous animatronic things, mm -hmm. first of all, they take years to plan and design, and they have to build all the robots and all of the different characters. And Because, like, take uh, Splash Mountain. Mm -hmm. It's so incredibly detailed, that anim animatronic stuff. They do that so well when they do it, you know? Yeah. And um, But that's expensive. Imagine how much time and money it took for them to do Splash Mountain, just right. the inside part. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, I think they're they're really just looking to cut corners is, is the big thing. I mean, look at Test Track. Test Track has to be cheaper than World of Motion was. Yeah. And that's they just went with a cheaper thing. And I feel that Disney is changing their target audience. I feel that they are moving from, they used to be a, uh, you know, it, it was, it was a, um, I don't know quite how to put it, it was meant for people who were looking for a different experience. They, mm -hmm. were, they were going after people who wanted their children to have uh, s some learning involved and a quiet, calm time without all the, you know, because it used to be there were no thrill rides except for Space Mountain. It was the one standout thing, and even it's not that big of a thrill ride as much as it is just a really cool uh, kind of roller coaster ish experience. Mm -hmm. And now half of the new stuff going in is thrill rides. They're taking out all the things with the biggest educational value. And it seems like they're just seeing that the money, the crowds that they get are not people who are interested in that stuff. The people weren't crowding into Epcot and excited about learning about anything. Um, and that's, you know, they were going to MGM, they're going to Magic Kingdom, and they're doing the, the mindless rides and the thrill rides, and those are cheaper to produce, so there's very little incentive for Disney to be the 
uh, standout theme park that they were. It's true. It's it's us. Well, not us, but you know, it's the it's the visitors that are making them um, dumb down the rides. I guess right. it's the if, market. If we stopped coming because they did that, and enough people stopped coming because they changed. I'm sure they would change back. I'm sure they would say, oh, well, that didn't work, and go back to what they were. But now it's Disney World. Right. And so people go to go. Right. They've established themselves in such a way that it'll take a very long time for them to not be considered something different. And they're so large, they own the biggest space. No one will ever compete with them for space. Right. um, Until someone builds in the desert. And so uh, they, they have some really big advantages there. But... I think that they've put themselves on a path where they're going to lose their edge and it's going to be way too late when it happens. They are already in every category that their quality is dropping. Their hotels aren't as good as they used to be. Their their transportation isn't as smooth as it used to be. Their customer service isn't where it used to be. Their rides aren't where they used to be. But they're also making it more affordable. They are making it more affordable, but they're on a they're on a path where they have to make it more affordable. They've lost their value. Pretty soon, they're going to be a larger version of Universal. They're very close to being that now. Once they do that, if they keep on the path they're going, pretty soon they're going to be a. They're going to have to keep lowering their prices because they're going to be a larger version of Six Flags. Only they're going to be Six Flags without locations all over the country. And that's going to hurt them even more. They built the entire park system on the reputation of they were different. They were better. There was artistry in everything they did. That was Disney World. It was the only thing that allowed them to charge the prices and have the margins that they did. And now that they've let that slip, I feel that they're in a very precarious position because they have a very high tax burden that only, I feel, those those really, really expensive, uh, high artistry uh, specialty attractions were able to, to handle. And so I will be surprised if people are willing to stay in $300 a night resorts to go to a Six Flags. Right. And that's where they're headed. Even so, at this point, I, I still would like to go back with our nieces. Yes. But it's, it's depressing because, uh, you know, it's going to take a long time before they completely get to that point. But there, there appears to be no new rides coming in that are competing with what they had in the 70s. Well, what I wonder about is, like, Expedition Everest, because they built this huge mountain at Mm -hmm. Animal Kingdom, and they have a lot of space to do a lot of really neat stuff, and it looks like it's going to be a cool ride, although it's a roller coaster. It's a roller coaster, yeah. Yeah, so I'm I'm wondering about the theming. Right. They're still doing, obviously, all their thrill rides are still really well themed. So they are keeping somewhat of an edge, but... I think when the, you know if they ended up being a park with nothing but well-themed uh, thrill rides, well, the reality is people who do thrill rides don't care about theming. It's nice and it helps it blend in. So people like us who don't want to do thrill rides aren't, you know, stuck in a place with a huge roller coaster set in the background of the Animal Kingdom. But they've taken a zoo, which used to be a standalone zoo attraction, and now has a roller coaster in it. They've hidden it. But now there's a roller coaster in it. Once they have nothing but roller coasters, the theming is going to be a very, very expensive overhead for a thrill ride priced crowd. Hmm. 
So that's I think they have a long-term danger that they aren't considering, even though it helps them in the, in the short term. I think they've lost their long-term investment goals here because they had a park that had the potential to be relevant for a very long time, and now they're suffering from, they're already pushing the irrelevancy envelope. And part of that is because the stuff they were doing, the things that set Disney World apart, any, any theme park of that type apart, was things that are becoming so accessible or so unimportant in modern society, 3D movies. We can do 3D movies of that quality at home with projectors for two to $3,000, especially compared to uh, uh, you know, the Muppet 3D where the film quality was so low, you can surpass that at home pretty easily. And so the amount of money that they have to put into doing something like that is really tough for them to, uh, to overcome the, well, I can just do that at home. And that Drew Carey ride, the first thing that I thought was, they could have given me a CD, and I could have done this at home we better. We did that. Yeah. I know. And so that's, the, that's where I think they're, they're suffering the most. Should we step off the soapbox? I'm trying to move on. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, that was basically after that, after the Backlot Tour, we were pretty much all the things we discussed, uh, we were disgusted to the point where... We decided to leave Disney MGM Studios and do no more rides as we were just not enjoying the park at all. Yep. Uh, at that point, I had found nothing that I enjoyed, and apparently you enjoyed a couple things. But but it was so hot because they did asphalt because they wanted they themed it to be like L.A., like a yeah. city. And um, that made it, and the sun was beating down, and there's no shade at MGM. Yep. And I was just Yeah, which worn is good. The, the theming sun. there is really good. That's not really a complaint. It's yeah, just an unfortunate just, side effect. Ugh, yeah. Yeah, the theming is good, but yeah, boy, it was too much gorgeous. for me. It was too hot. Yep. Yep, and so, I wanted uh, to leave. Although, we didn't get to go on Voyage of the Little Mermaid, which is one of my, I, I think that was my fav- absolute favorite thing at MGM when we were back there in 93. So it's too bad we didn't get to do it, but yeah, it's too bad we didn't get to do the new stunt show, but yeah, it, it was awfully risky com- considering how things were going. Um, so uh, we went up to guest services, we made some reservations, and uh, we hopped the first thing smoking over to the Animal Kingdom Lodge because we just couldn't resist going back to Boma. It was so good. It was so amazing. So we got in actually at four thirty because they opened early because today is Friday, so they have longer seating hours. Yep. And I can't remember. Did we mention that they have a different menu? They have like a rotating menu. I'm not sure, but they do have uh, they have a rotating menu where uh, Monday and Thursday, Tuesday and Friday, and Wednesday and Saturday have matching menus. So there's three menus uh, over six days, and then on Sunday it's a chef's choice. So you're kind of up in the air as to what you're going to get. So in theory, you can go four days in a row or any selected four days during uh, the week and get different menus every day, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nice that they do that. So it's nice we get to go back tonight and get a different menu. For the most part, there's some, there's definitely some core dishes that they're known for that they keep. Right. Uh, but there's, and they, you know, like we had salmon. They have, the, I guess, the same uh, meats basically are there every night, but they change the way that they're done. They do change, uh, of course, we don't eat land animals so we i she said something about like one night they'll have prime rib and then another night they'll have pork loin or something uh, or maybe, they'll have, maybe sure. they always have prime rib but then they switch out a couple other things but they always have salmon uh there was something like that so yeah. i know she said some night they have pork loin and not every night oh okay for you pork um, eaters yes uh but the um but yeah, the menu did change quite a bit, and uh, we enjoyed that just as much tonight, I think, as we did last night. 
Except this time, I did not overeat to the point that I did last night, yeah. and so I figured I feel that was a more enjoyable experience <laughs> afterwards. Well, yes. that is good. Yeah, um, and I got dessert, which was good too. And uh, so that was really good. And then uh, we headed over to the Magic Kingdom. We had a little bit of time left before we were planning on heading back. And so we got to the Magic Kingdom and watched uh, the Cinderella coronation. Cinderella bration. Uh, Cinderella bration, where they crown Cinderella uh, a formal Disney princess. Yes. And uh, it's from Disneyland Tokyo, I believe. I believe that's correct. Yep. I found it very touching. It was just, it was a good time. When we got there uh, 10 minutes before it started, so it was like perfect timing. I really wanted to see that show. Yeah. And I wanted to see it at night because um, the lighting is, is more magical at night. And um, it they had, a, they have like a who's who of Disney princesses because show up for Cinderella's coronation. So Belle was there and Snow White was there and Aurora was there and um, Jasmine. Jasmine. Yep. And they're all there with their princes Mm -hmm. so it was and i was standing there um thinking about how my niece emily who's the princess lover would have been so wowed that uh, all those princesses were there so it was pretty good and i was surprised by uh how light the crowd was how easily we were able to get pretty good uh uh, not seats but standing room yeah we were very close to the front we had a really good view of the stage. Maybe because they do it often enough that it's not yeah, too, bad, I think not that too that's demanding. Why. You know, and it's saying something that when I'm standing in a crowd and have a good view of the stage because I'm short. Yeah. Yep. So that was pretty good. And I could see. Yep. So um, uh, we uh, got out of there after that. Yep. And uh, we did uh, make some reservations at the Crystal Palace there in the Magic Kingdom where we will be having dinner tomorrow night with Winnie the Pooh and his friends from the Hundred Acre Wood. Yes which we're very excited about, and you should be checking out on Flickr uh, to see the pictures from that uh, late tomorrow night or early on uh, Monday morning. Uh, No, early on Sunday morning. Yes. Yes, tomorrow is Saturday. Um, But there are no new pictures today. So uh, basically we were disgusted by MGM and didn't bother taking pictures. Uh, (laughs) It wasn't even worth... Well, I never take pictures. Scott has the camera. And I was disgusted and dealing with my shattered phone. Uh, and just didn't care about taking pictures. So we got back to the hotel just after 8. Uh, we're wrapping up early tonight. We're going to try to end this before we hit 45 minutes. And uh, we're going to wish everyone a good evening or a good commute, as the case may be. And uh, hope you're enjoying the podcast. And uh, we will talk to you tomorrow. This good is... Okay. Go ahead. Good night, everybody. That's what I was going to say. Sorry. Okay. And I was going to say, this has been a projection of SGL Media.